Hello friends, welcome to our interview today. I cannot wait to share this conversation that I've been waiting for it's with my co-host. Now, Dr. Christine Schaffner is a board certified naturopath doctor who has helped thousands of people recover from chronic and complex illnesses through online summits, her spectrum of health podcasts, network of eminence health clinics, and renowned online programs. Dr. Schaffner goes beyond biological medicine, pulling from all systems of medicine and healing modalities, helping patients reclaim their wellness and reveal their brightest lights. Welcome, Dr. Christine. How are you? Oh, I'm wonderful. Thanks so much for the intro, and I'm really excited to have this conversation. Absolutely, because we haven't seen each other much, but we've both been co-hosting the summit, and so I've been so excited to learn more about your work. And I was looking over some of the work that you've done, and I was wondering, how did you first begin this journey with energy medicine, either for yourself, for your, for your patients? What was the journey like? Mm-hmm. Thank you, Vanessa. And, you know, I feel so blessed to have the wonderful patient community that I've had over the years to serve. I've been doing this for about 11 years and um, right out of the gate from naturopathic school, I worked in a setting where we saw a lot of complex chronic illnesses. People have seen you know, dozens of doctors been sick for way too long. And it really stretched my thinking to think outside the box. And I was introduced to different modalities that really not only looked at our biochemistry, but was able to also integrate these ideas of biophysics. So looking at our biofield and looking at our body through the lens of are there coherent uh, light emissions being emitted from the body? And when there's actually a breakdown in the physical body, is there some other lens to look at it? Is there a drug or a supplement or something to replace the imbalances in the biochemistry. And so that journey led me to be exposed to many different modalities. And I I listened and my patients who really, really got better and stayed better really were the ones who integrated the best of functional medicine and naturopathic medicine and what I would call bioregulatory medicine as well with these concepts and principles of biophysics. And when I say biophysics, sometimes people shut down because they think, oh my God, physics. And I, I don't like physics in school either. But this whole other, you know, realm of physics that I love learning about is the uh, realm that our body communicates with electromagnetism, sound, light, energy. Um, and, you know, I always use the quote when I'm doing um, this t- these talks that even Tesla said, you know, if we really want to understand the universe, we have to think of energy and vibration and frequency. And so this has led me to really bring in tools where we use different types of modalities for bioenergetic assessment. And then we use different modalities in combination with, again, the things that I know how to do in natural medicine. But really in my practice today, we bring in a lot of um, different modalities and therapies of using light, sound, energy, frequency. And then, you know, we have complex um, different pieces of equipment that are beautiful and help change people. But there's a lot that I also would love to share that we all have access to. So wherever you are in your journey, I want people to know that there are tools to support you. Beautiful. I love that you've brought in from so many different healing modalities, right? And combining, why is it so important to combine both? Because there are people who sometimes just swear by one type of medicine, there are people who swear by another. Why do you feel in your experience that it's important to combine energy medicine, naturopathic medicine, Yeah, no, it's a great question, Vanessa. And I think, again, 
life has taught me, I think, you know, where I hope to evolve is find these really elegant, accelerated paths for my patient's journey to heal. But where we are, you know, on this on the planet right now is I do find that we need both. You know, we are in a physical body in this lifetime. And, you know, what I've learned to come to know, and again, my knowledge is always evolving, but what my patients have taught me is that definitely by the time we have a biochemical or physical imbalance or a symptom or a label or a condition, yes, there's something very physical that needs to to be supported and treated. But the root cause may not be in the physical body as we are taught to think about. The root cause may be in what we would call the biofield or the really the field of information and energy that surrounds us. And that really connects us to the unified field and the, the quantum field. And that connection to that outer energy is really, really where the, the body gets information to kind of run the program, if you will. So yes, we have to treat the physical body, but so, so we really get out of that, you know, just symptom palliation and management. It, it's not just enough to give vitamin D3 or to clear parasitic infections or get you out of a moldy home or give you sleep support. It's really thinking about what informs your physical physiology can be an energetic imbalance that has many different layers. I know that you do this work every day that we look at, you know, our current life situations, our current life traumas, our, you know, current life, you know, childhood experiences that inform us. There's also, we come into the world, you know, with imprinting from our ancestral lineage that can be affecting us. There's probably all these other influences that we have yet to discover, but when we really open ourselves up to looking at how do we look beyond the physical, and that's going to mean something different to everybody else, that's where we really rewrite the program and really experience health and healing that we can really get us out of that loop of being in a sick body. Dr. Christine, I love it. And I am just so happy for all of your patients because <laughs> they're getting somebody who you obviously love what you do and you love, you love your work, you love your people. Uh, why is it so important to have, you know, a resilient bioenergetic terrain? Mm -hmm. I would imagine, of course, health, et cetera, but from your experience, why yeah. is creating one just key right now? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Vanessa. And I, you know, I mentioned already that I practice, you know, all these different types of medicine. And one that I really love the umbrella is something called bioregulatory medicine. And bioregulatory medicine encompasses naturopathic medicine, uh, German biological medicine, also all of these bioenergetic practices. And in this system of medicine, we're really big believers in the terrain. So this idea of terrain theory. And, you know, what I wanted to really uh, communicate today is not only that we have the terrain theory that we talk about that I can explain in a moment, but this, how do we just branch it out to this bioenergetic terrain that I want to share? Um, because at the end of the day, terrain is the concept of resilience. So we cannot control all of the external environmental factors that we're going to be constantly bombarded with. And terrain theory, um, through the lens of bioregulatory medicine, the very simple kind of um, analogy is that, you know, if we're exposed to a bug, not all of us are going to have that same response, right? It's that the bug's inner reaction and inner relationship and connection with our inner environment. So we can have... Um, um, you know, feel empowered by uh, taking care of our nutritional status and our environmental factors and detox our body and our emotional factors and our spiritual factors. And that makes us more resilient because if I'm in the office and we're exposed to a bug, maybe um, one person gets sick and you know, nine other people don't. And it's again, um, that inner relationship between 
the the person's body and the external environment. And so when I think about terrain theory, I really call us to really think of the bioenergetic terrain. And especially when we think about all the bioenergetic influences in our life, right? So we have different rhythms from the earth. We have also different cycles that we're on. And then in my world, a lot of our patients are very aware because I tend to treat the canaries in the coal mine of EMF, right? And that's going to be the stresses from cell phones and smart meters and, you know, laptops and, you know, the just electrosmog that we're all exposed to. And that um, can affect our bioenergetic body. And so when I think about bioenergetic terrain, I think about how do we create a strong and coherent field of energy that supports our individual body so that we can withstand all of the bioenergetic influences that we're exposed to on an ongoing basis. And that is wonderful because I mean, the way things are going, we're going to be in this EMF field one way or another. Mm. We were just talking about how, you know, I was online uh, in front of Zoom eight hours the other day, which you know how that is. Can you share a little bit about EMF? Can you share a little bit about the symptoms? Can you share a little bit about some ways that you've treated people in that way? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I think, again, EMF is probably not good for anyone, but there are, you know, patients who really can feel it in their body. And again, they tend to be the canaries in the coal mine and they have to deal with a lot of people not understanding them and kind of saying that their symptoms are just in their head and psychosomatic. And thank goodness that more education and awareness, more research is coming out there that this does have a physical effect. And again, I know anybody who's listening to this summit understands this and we're, our goal is to educate you more and more about these concepts. So just to take a step back so you can understand how EMF can affect the body, affect the body. We are not only physical bodies, but we are bio electromagnetic. So we have these fields of energy that we produce and we have our heart, you know, produces the strongest electromagnetic field in the body. So our heart um, conducts a measurable field that's, you know, even measured six feet away. Our brain produces brain waves that are electromagnetic and can be measured. So we know that we operate, you know, with these fields of information and energy. And so when we think about EMF, so EMF is looking at different frequencies that are emitted from cell phones, again, smart meters, the cell phone tower, uh, Wi-Fi, those types of things. And they the the problem with electromagnetic radiation is that a lot of radiation how it affects the body is its cumulative exposure over time and as we both are chatting about you know there's just we live in modern day right we don't have a break from this anymore you know i was walking on the beach at windy island um yesterday and i saw a cell phone tower right there on the beach you know it's like you know so we're just we're just inundated and so what we find is that patients who are very sensitive to this can have a lot of neurological symptoms. They can have tinnitus, they can have, which is ringing in their ears. They can have burning or tingling in their body. They can have insomnia, anxiety. They can have heart palpitations. They can have even skin rashes. They can have just all sorts of different symptoms and how we support them. Again, you know, we want to reduce exposure as much as possible, but we live in the, you know, this environment today that, again, my goal is to create a resilient bioenergetic terrain for these individuals. And again, give them more tools and solutions and hopefully 
hopefully with more awareness, we'll create changes to choose different technology. But until then, things that we do to support them are on a physical level. level I often help um, support their cell membranes and their nervous system and create more of a, a barrier. So that's um, a lot of good essential fatty acids and phospholipids. Um, I do find that many of my patients who are more sensitive to EMF have a high heavy metal load. And so these heavy metals can um, more or less be an antenna to the, um, in the physical body so they can feel them more. So we uh, do a lot of environmental toxic and detoxification, um, which is individual for everybody. And then we do things like grounding. We use light, we use sound, we use uh, PEMP, we use things to um, help with their cell voltage. We use things to help improve blood flow. Many things and many stressors in modern life make our blood more what we would call um, hypercoagulable and thicker. And at the end of the day, we're only as healthy as we get blood flow in the body. And so we use bioenergetic techniques as well as different physical modalities, different enzymes and antioxidants and flavonoids to uh, support blood flow. So that's probably a long-winded <laughs> answer. Um, and then I, I can't not have this conversation with also talking about melatonin. So melatonin is something that we use a lot in uh, practice and melatonin is not only really important for our circadian biology, and uh, it's produced by the pineal gland. And unfortunately, a, mo- a lot of modern life stressors um, affects our, our, our pineal gland. So the fluoride in the water, the aluminum um, that's in our environment, um, glyphosate, EMF, like all of these things can settle in our pineal gland and make our pineal gland a little bit less able to produce optimal levels of melatonin. And so that can look at like sleep disruption, but it also can affect our brain. So melatonin is a really potent antioxidant. It's really neuroprotective. It's anti-cancer. And we use melatonin to help support these individuals who are potentially vulnerable to EMF and many other things. So again, a long-winded answer of how I approach um, individuals who have EMFs I loved it. I learned some <laughs> things there. <laughs> so no, I want that long-winded uh, explanation. I'm sure folks who are listening, um, thank you for that. Uh, because, you know, someone who is sensitive in many other realms, thankfully that I know of, have not been ill from that exposure. And I've read a lot and seen a lot about folks who whose lives are turned upside down. And mm. so the work that you're doing is really important. So I loved every second of it. Can you share some practices and tips that optimize structured water? Biophoton Mm -hmm. communication and support Mm -hmm. to create a coherent biofield. Yeah, absolutely. So we have um, Gina Bria on the summit. And so she is an expert and a dear friend about uh, educating people about structured water and structured water. The more I learn about it, the more I want people to know about it, because it's a really big part of how our physiology is optimal. And it also is, I believe, a way that we interface with the bioenergetic um, aspects of life. And so structured water um, is, um, so regular water is H2O, structured water is H3O2. And this form of water is all over throughout our body. And it really um, kind of uh, forms along surfaces in the body. And it has very unique properties that it increases cellular voltage. So just think about cellular energy. It also excludes toxicants wherever it is. It's a solvent. Um, and it also perpetuates flow in the body. So again, um, helps with blood flow and lymphatic flow and really hydrating our um, cells on a deep level. And so um, when we think about operating 
optimizing structured water. Gina talks about all these wonderful things to support our fascial irrigation system of structured water throughout the body, like movement. But how do we like produce structured water in our body? So light is a really wonderful way to help um, optimize structured water within our bodies. So everyone has, has access to the sun, hopefully. And so getting daily sunlight. I mean, I live in Seattle right now and we're heading into winter as we record this. Um, so we we don't get as much sunlight. And so there's um, ways to bring in photobiomodulation, which is the use of a light to help structure the water. So um, structured water really um, forms in the presence of two wavelengths of light. One is UV. So those are going to be the um, sun lamps or the vitamin D lamps. And then the other is on the other spectrum, um, far infrared. And so I have a um, far infrared light. Um, I have actually a far infrared sauna and a near infrared light on my desk that I use, and that helps to structure the the water in our bodies. So that's um, one way. Um, there's many other ways. There are foods and different substances that are higher in structured water that help us to ingest structured water. And so Gina's whole um, talk is how do we really eat water in the body or for the body? So using foods like aloe and chia seeds and things that are really are already structured, cold pressed green juices are coconut oil, turmeric help to structure water. And then, you know, there are other therapies like hyperbaric oxygen and, you know, different, you know, strategies that we use as well. But, and then you can ingest actually structured water. There are more and more pieces of equipment and devices that help to structure the water that you're drinking um, so that you get that benefit. So structured water is really important for our health. I learned a lot from my friend Gina, as well as Dr. Gerald Pollack, who um, wrote the book, The Fourth Phase of Water. So if you want to learn more about that, and when I've had these conversations with Jerry, I've been like, health is just really as much, uh, you know, how much exclusions on water we have in the body. And he's like, yes, Christine, I, I would agree. So I think it's it's a big, it's a big, big, you know, important aspect of our health and our healing. So that's um, one part of the, the answer to your question. Uh, I love that because this is my first time hearing about structured water. Okay. So thank you. And I know that we're all appreciating this if it is our first time. What would be another part to the answer to the question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, uh, the thing that I, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, there's this idea of structured water I really wanted to share with people. And again, Gina talks about the fascia and that, that's our connective tissue. And that actually is how we um, carry structured water throughout the body. And so it's this water irrigation system. So we move our bodies and that actually helps us to get hydrated. So movement is a form of hydration. And then the other thing that I, I feel like a broken record in my practice all day long, because I talk a lot about the lymphatic system. And so the, the fascia and the lymphatic system are highly interconnected. And you know, we're only as healthy as we're able to eliminate toxicants and deal with our environment, especially different um, microbial stressors and so forth. And the lymphatic system is a big way that um, we help to um, deal with this on a daily basis. And I could talk all day long about the lymphatic system, but for the purposes of this talk, one of the things that bioregulatory medicine has taught me and that I've used in practice since day one is that scars can affect our physiology. And scars can be from um, surgical trauma. They can be from just um, mole removals, injuries, and scars can have an impact on our um, fascial system. 
which have a, also effect on our lymphatic system. And when you have a scar, there's an area of scar tissue that it looks very different from the surrounding tissue you can even see. And it's really becomes this island that is not in communication with the rest of the body. And that can be an area of um, what we would call turbulence in the system. And that um, the scar has different properties. It can have lower cell voltage. It can actually, because it's kind of a netting, it can hold on to toxicants more and it can actually hold on to trauma. So if we had an emergency C-section or emergency um, surgery or a car accident, our mind might be through an event or we might think we're consciously, you know, gotten past it, but our body actually holds fascial memory in that um, scar tissue. And there's many techniques to address this. The technique that I use in my office is called neurotherapy, which is a scar injection technique. So I use this, um, I was trained, um, it's a German technique that was developed by these two brothers in the 1920s. And they found that by injecting the scar, and we use a substance called procaine, we get it compounded. It's actually a local anesthetic. We can combine it with different homeopathics. And the injection actually helps to break down the scar tissue, open up the lymphatics, open up the fascial system, get that exclusion zone water working in the body, restore cell voltage, and then release trauma. So often when I do the injection in my office, um, you know, we try to create a really safe place and I'm always checking in a timing with the body. So I use a form of muscle testing. So I'm not going to, I try, you know, not to do this before the body's ready. And so when we do this, sometimes we really open up the system and the body um, can let go. So again, the C-section scar is something I do often. So I just have that always um, right in the top of my mind. And so many women who go through that, it's not even in their mind, it's just in their body that they have this kind of emotional release that is a really... Um, really quite profound. And that, you know, again, um, the more that we can release that that doesn't serve us in our body, the more our body can regulate and heal. And so the kind of the tie in there is that, you know, helping to treat our scars helps to create mo more um, flow in our system, creates more essentially uh, freed up energy for our body to heal and repair. And the, the the scars can also affect the meridian system. So if you're familiar with acupuncture, Chinese medicine, especially go back to the C-section scar, you know, it can cross a lot of meridians and kind of separate the top half from the bottom half. So um, women who go through this, again, not only get the, the effect of the emotional release if that's necessary, but also if they have pelvic issues or digestive issues or, you know, anything kind of in that surrounding area that can also um, be alleviated. So that's just another, you know, aspect of thinking about structured water, fashion, lymphatics is looking at scars in the body. I love this so much because I've never come to it through science, but through energy work and through hypnosis work and other work, I've always felt and known that, that it was affecting the energy field. So I'm just blown away. And I love, I love this conversation and what you're sharing uh, because you're actually being able to do something about it with with modern medicine and, and your tools and mm -hmm. that is really powerful and what I'm thinking of and I mean I don't know this is something that's been tackled yet but I'm thinking of all the folks who went in already with scarring in their lungs before they got COVID who may now be long haulers. Have you seen any folks like that at all? Yeah, you know, um, it's interesting. The whole long haulers thing is obviously, you know, we're all seeing it from different angles. And again, we think about terrain issues, right? And, you know, obviously COVID is a, SARS-CoV-2 is a horrible virus. And, you know, we're trying to, um, you know, create as much resilience within our bodies. So we feel empowered to navigate that if we come across it. And when people are more vulnerable, 
when they have um, more of an environmental burden, more immune stress, more scarring, they can, you know, be set up for these long hauler condition. I see long haulers really also um, where COVID settles in the vagus nerve and can affect the vagus nerve. And then that can affect breathing, heart rate, digestion. Um, we have Dr. Melanie Smith who talks about the vagus nerve, the summit as well. And she gives us some tools to navigate that. So I have a good, a couple of good friends. Um, one is Dr. Stephanie Seneff and she talks about glyphosate and how glyphosate actually, one of the things I think that's so insidious about glyphosate is that it's what we call a glycine analog. And glycine is one of the primary amino acids that we need to make collagen. And collagen is the most abundant protein in the body, and it's part of our fascial network and our connective tissue. And um, this whole, when scars are um in the body, they affect collagen. So what she's found is that, you know, areas that were the hardest hit with COVID had a high amount of glyphosate in the environment. And so my kind of thought there is that, you know, if we're these, you know, or these human bodies that now have glyphosate in our, you know, can interrupt it in our collagen, you know, matrix that we can be, you know, more vulnerable to not only viruses, but other, you know, assaults in our environment. And so it's a big, it's a big part of my work is to create awareness around that and also help detoxify the body and um, so forth. But, but you're right, Vanessa that scarring in the lungs, scarring, uh, just scar tissue in the body can make us definitely more vulnerable, but we can, there's so many tools to change that so that you can feel empowered and not afraid. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I feel like I'm walking away with much broader knowledge in terms of what we can do. Mm-hmm. So thanks for sharing all of this. Thank you for your work. Dr. Christine, what do you feel is the future of medicine? This is one of my favorite topics and conversations and it's always evolving. And I have just a really wonderful group of friends where we have these conversations. And, you know, I think, you know, this whole time, right, this whole year and a half of COVID has been such a devastating time, you know, for so many families and so many individuals. And my heart just goes out to all the suffering. And, you know, I'm an optimist. So I'm always trying to think of, okay, where is the um, opportunity in this really crisis? And what I think and what I've kind of the 11 years kind of leading up to this experience that we have gone through because our 10 years, because I've been practicing about 11 and a half, just seen there's so many things that are wonderful about conventional medicine, but really also where we really need to start shifting the paradigm and really bridging this world of everything that is mentioned on it, uh, this energy medicine summit and all that we know and is emerging around this bioenergetic nature that we have. And really what I feel is the future of medicine is bridging this whole idea of um, biofield therapies, bioenergetics with the very best of conventional medicine when needed, but also the very best of functional naturopathic by regulatory medicine. So what I feel is really the future of medicine. And I had such a fun conversation with um, Dr. Beth McDougall, who's on the summit, and she is just wrote a wonderful book and she has a health clinic like mine, but she actually has frequencies set up in her clinic that even when you start uh, through scalar technology, even when you start walking into her clinic, you start healing. And so I feel like that, and I always, you know, have kind of envisioned these, you know, we have to change the clinical model to this kind of like, uh, for lack of a better word, like healing temple model, like how do we really create charged spaces for true, true healing? And I think, you know, we, there's so many technologies. I have a lot of friends who are really taking this amazing technology that helps to read the field and read the bioenergetic body that we can actually see potentially 
um, imbalances before they actually show up in blood work. And so I think it's really using these bioenergetic assessment tools and really not being afraid to talk about them and really kind of putting them out there and studying them and researching them. And then, you know, not only using that as an assessment tool, but also, again, the very best of what we know, and then really giving people this transformational process so that they really have the a knowledge and the opportunity. I mean, everyone's going to take this opportunity in a different way, but the opportunity to really have a real roadmap for healing. So starting to think before they were even born, you know, before they were even in the womb, what were the influences that set up this lifetime for them and that they can really look at it from all of these angles and really truly heal and truly release that that no longer serves them and work with someone like yourself who I know that you're doing so much uh, so many amazing things on this level and you know again then using things like light and sound and bioenergetics to really help shift their physical body and and yeah they're going to need physical things too um, they're going to need good food and great supplements and great nutrition and all the things that we do but that's really where i see this opportunity shift that we we need to just have more conversations and more not be so siloed and more um dialogues around how do we like we know all of this and we i think we've all been in our camps but how do we bring this together so that we can really create a path forward of less suffering, uh, more healing, and just really being able to enjoy these physical bodies that are such a beautiful gift to explore our soul's purpose and passion. You know, I, Dr. Christine, I love this. I was, the minute you said moving away from what we're doing and moving into more of the style of like the healing temple, I was like there, right? <laughs> because I was like, how amazing would it be to be able to walk in to space that isn't overly crowded where you walk in and the light and the sound is already set up to hold sacred mm -hmm. space for us to already, for our bodies to begin to respond, for us, for our system to relax. Because most often when we are not feeling well, and I've experienced, I have, I have low blood pressure, right? Irregular blood pressure. But if ever I've ever, ever been to a doctor worried about something, I know that it always jumps up, right? And so from stress and fear, how wonderful would it be to have at our fingertips the extensive work and research that folks like you have done coupled with intuition, with energy work, with hands-on healing, and to already walk into that space. What do, what do you think it'll take? I know that you said we have to stop being in silos. We have to connect with each other. I'm like, do we crown fund, do we crowdfund this like healing temple model? What do we do? I mean, yes. I love that, Vanessa. You know, it's, you know, I, I love, um, you know, when we're, many of us are getting the same download from, but then through the lens of, you know, who we are. And so, um, a lot of my, uh, friends and colleagues and yourself, you know, are, can see this vision, right? And I'm doing my small part. You know, I have this beautiful clinic in Seattle that is full of color and light and sound and beautiful people who create an amazing field for our patients. But, you know, I can't do this alone. And, um, um you know, we, in order to change, you know, the paradigm, we really do need to create a movement. What I'd love to see that comes out of this really horrific time in our the history of, you know, the planet is that that we really think about, I mean, more viruses are going to come, right? More things are going to happen. Like, so how do we really, really, really shift people's awareness and understanding? So if this ever happens again, they just have so many more tools and feel so much more empowered and stronger and that we are really looking at the health of our nation and people are way too sick, you know, here and way too chronically ill and, you know, they're way too vulnerable. And so I think these spaces are needed because 
to be very honest, right, to come to doctor like myself, it's expensive, it's out of pocket, it's it's not sustainable for many families. And I know that, and that's always the ethical dilemma we're walking, but, you know, it costs a ton of money for me to do this and it costs our education and, you know, the system doesn't support me and the system doesn't support the patient, right? So it's like, how do we just really think of a new model, right? And really come together and that there are brilliant people out there. I don't pretend to have all the answers, but I think if we could get, yeah, these groups of people talking, this is going to be hard. <laughs> you know, I think people like you, people like me, like I could, if someone gave me the funding, I could take a week and give a plan and done. You know, it's, you know, it's all in our, you know, our head. It's just, I think people are ready. I, you know, again, I've mentioned a few times I've been doing this 11 years. And, you know, when I was in high school and college, I was kind of like, you know, I want to be a naturopath. You know, it was like very all the ego stuff I had to do to, you know, walk this path. Right. But now it's like people are wanting this and seeking this out. And so I think we're at a tipping point where, where, yes, I do think that in my lifetime and hopefully sooner rather than later, that this can be the new paradigm. Thank you so much. And and something that came to mind as you shared that about, you were like, I want to be a naturopath. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, I know. I was like, I don't want to be an intuitive and energy worker. No. (laughs) But have you seen or have folks reach out to to mentor them? Do you see that? Do you feel that there are more? Because I'm feeling in my field, right? There's like people every day. I want to be healer. I'm a healer. I want to add. I want to work in my part of the garden. Are you seeing this? Are you seeing more folks of all ages just stepping into their healer and, and following you know, the path to become a naturopathic physician? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a great question. And I think, yes, absolutely. I think that there is definitely an increased awareness and an increased desire, especially people who've gone through this journey, you know, and have been unfortunately failed by the current paradigm. They're highly motivated to walk this path and create something anew. I feel, you know, like kind of everywhere in the world right now, I I do feel like there is still polarization and confusion within, you know, even within our naturopathic community of, you know, how to move forward with all of the, you know, all of the dilemmas at bay. But I do feel like I, I'm, I'm highly, highly optimistic in the face of it all that there are so many people who are just looking for a roadmap to connect with this work, to contribute, to participate and facilitate the deep transformations that we want for people when they're in, in a crisis with their health. Absolutely. Absolutely. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with us, Dr. Christine, a message, an idea, a thought? Yeah, absolutely. I, um, you know, I know I've shared a lot and there's so many more things on my heart, you know, around this medicine to share. I just, um, I am so grateful that you and I were able to connect and co-host this energy medicine summit. And I feel like we brought together a really amazing group of people to have this dialogue, have this conversation. And so my, yeah, what is on my heart to share with anyone who's listening to this is really, you know, check out the talk, see what resonates. And then we, we try to make this tangible too. Like how do you bring into your daily life, you know, practices of, you know, grounding or, you know, gratitude through, you know, the work of heart math or, um, you know, structured water or light or sound or energy, you know, just be playful. And, you know, I, I think we're only going to create these changes when each of us starts 
embodying this awareness and participating in this aspect of our uh, true nature. So that's really my guidance. And yeah, I just, again, feel very passionate about what I'm doing. I'm always trying to learn more and share more. And if you have any way that you want to also participate, whoever's listening, please become, we can't do this alone. <laughs> so my call is, yeah, that we we do this together. Thank you, Dr. Christine. And where can people find you if they want to know more about you, to follow you on social media, et cetera? Yeah, thank you. Um, so I have a website, drchristineschaffner.com, and there you can find out all about me and um, my podcast and my social media. And then I have a clinic um, where I work with an amazing team of naturopaths and practitioners called Eminence Health. And we have an office in Seattle. Um, we also have an office in California. We do telemedicine in many, many states. And so um, check that out if you want to learn how to become a patient as well. Thank you so much. It's been such an honor to co-host this summit with you, Dr. Christine, and I adore you. And I've just learned so much just in this conversation that I want to follow up with that I just took some notes while you were speaking. And I want to know more about, and even I'm like infrared light, this. So if anyone else has also been taking notes, please follow Dr. Christine and really allow yourself to open your heart and mind to not only you know, the intuition and the energy also to the science behind bioenergetic fields, to our spirit and to our wellness. So thank you all so much for being with us. Thank you, Dr. Christine. Thank you, Vanessa.